Welcome to Enroute to Success, where we have raw, vulnerable conversations between Fitz DeSanto, Sam Boyer, and many talented individuals, unraveling the truths and principles of people's experiences, methods to grow, and discovering how to live a fulfilling lifestyle. Buckle up, the journey begins now. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. Um, it's an interesting interesting and unique day today because I have to call my co-host by his last name because I'm joined by two Sam today. So one is Mr. Sam Bell, and of course, you guys know Boyer. Boyer, how are you today? I am doing well, as usual. Whenever we do these fits, I'm always excited. And uh, yeah, really excited to meet the other Sam that I've been hearing so much about. I've known him for a few years now. It actually came from the fitness side. As we work out together in the same gym, we kind of got to know each other and we gelled together because of our values with our similarities. And then later on, I found out this huge surprise that he actually worked with as an athletic trainer in physical therapy with the Ravens, and then also with Houston Astros. Sam Bell actually turned out to be a really good friend of mine who breeds fitness, physical therapy, and have a tremendous amount of passion in helping others. Literally, this guy's job breathe making people's lives move better. So Sam is a licensed physical therapist and an athletic trainer who work with professional athletes in different realm of sports. He spent his time with Pittsburgh Pirates, Miami Dolphins, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You're smiling, Sam. Over the last eight years or so, he was with Baltimore Ravens for six years as physical therapist and athletic trainer, which included their 2012 and 2013 Super Bowl championship. High five, Sam. From there, Dr. Bell joined the medical staff so weird how I call you, doctor. Um, he joined the medical staff of Houston Astros and served a dual role of athletic trainer and team physical therapist for the athletes. So I'm so excited to have this guy over to our podcast to share some light to our listeners and really get some inspiration. So without further ado, Dr. Bell. Welcome to the show. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, hope ever, you know, appreciate you having me on. No, absolutely. And thank you for having the time. So about that, then let's let's start and jump into, you know, usually what we do when we have a guest. We want to make sure that we get into a high overview of your origin, the background, really what end up you doing what you do today, but just a high overview of where Mr. Bell is from, from there up to what we're doing today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you start, I, I grew up in a small little town in Connecticut. I have a twin brother, which, uh, you know, I think actually, uh, believe it or not, I think that's actually where a lot of my competitive drive and competitive nature comes from, just always trying to match each other with everything. Uh, so growing up with, with a sibling, you know, who, who my little brother, I'll give him, you know, give him shit all the time, 10 minutes older. Uh, I'm going to hold him to it. <laughs> uh, got a little sister as well. Um, my father actually built every house that we grew up in. Um, wow. So, from like a work ethic standpoint, I credit a lot from there because he's the kind of guy where, you know, manual labor, but at the same time for half the year, um, you know, you're taking out these building loans, which puts you in a, put a lot of stress on there. So it's kind of that, that work ethic and drive where if I don't, I don't work, I don't get paid. Sure. Um, and then my mother is uh, is a nurse. So I feel like a lot of the, the medical side mm. kind of comes from there. So 
you know, when everything kind of combined, um, you know, I feel like I got, you know, my work ethic, my competitive drive and the medical side from a lot of my upbringing. Um, and that kind of led me to where I was that day. You know, I, I, I thought at the time it was a unique story of where I, you know, I tore my ACL and playing, playing high school football. Hmm. That kind of led me to appreciate the rehab and that standpoint there. But that kind of led me down the career path, um, starting at Purdue University, which I didn't know it at the time. Great place for athletic trainers. Um, I eventually did my, my master's at West Virginia University as well, where that was also in athletic training. And I like to think that I got to where I am because of my skill level. But at the same time, a lot of it was kind of luck and being in the right place at the right time and having just these terrific mentors, which kind of pointed me in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I did my uh, doctorate in physical therapy from Columbia University. I was fortunate enough that um, at the time in the NFL, there was a new collective bargaining agreement, which mandated that teams had a physical therapist on staff. And that happened to go go into uh, action right as I was getting out of school. So there were actually a couple teams looking for a physical therapist to hire at the time. Mm. And again, I like to think that it's how good I am, but it was being in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. And that my first job out of school, actually, it was something where like graduation was May 10th, but I had actually started on May 2nd with the team. So I started in some uh, OTAs with the team. So it's pretty cool mm-hmm. before I even graduated. Wow. That's amazing. Well, the way I gathered on that story, well, thank you for sharing that story. <laughs> it was really, I love the the background and where you grew up. Here's the thing. I'm going to do my thing, Sam. I'm going to peel it off. <laughs> I know exactly what you're about to do. <laughs> so I think, Bell, I'm going to call you Bell, by the way, because <laughs> there's, there's two Sam here, you guys. But I was going to ask you, do you think the drive that you have from your childhood place a huge part of your grit being where you are combined with your dad building the house, then your mom being a nurse. It's amazing how that comes into all the different equation. And then you're like this product, you know, because now you have that compassion for people coming from your mom being a nurse. And then you have your dad building all these houses of you guys growing up. Would you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah. And you know, it's kind of that motivation factor for me. And this is something we can get back into a little bit later too, when it, when it comes around, but um, just, you know, try to make, yeah, it's the motivation, the competitive nature um, and everything I did um, working with some of these professional athletes, um, what, you know, what drove me to be really good at what I do and, and making sure that I mastered the information that I was passing along with everybody. Um, That's, you know, that was the drive right there. And then, you know, my motivation in school to succeed, you know, I wasn't this tremendous high school student mm-hmm. by any means, you know, it's, it's kind of funny to think how there's so many people in high school that are just kind of skating by and they kind of don't think of themselves as a, as anybody that could succeed in, in college. But when I really put my mind to it, you know, it's all of these factors that like you have mentioned, they all kind of came together in one place and just drove me to be good at what I did and, and, and master all the information. Did you play sports growing up? I did. Yeah. Yeah, you know, football and baseball, typical, typical American, you know, kind of wish I'd branched out a little bit now, but, um, but, you know, ba- I mean, both of those are both the industries that I worked in. So mm-hmm. I can't, you know, I can't complain and um, pretty happy with it. You know, I'm going to do one more, Sam. Sorry. <laughs> Blair. I saw you repositioned, <laughs> so I'm not going to interrupt. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you think that plays a factor of you wanted to be in that career because you were, you played sports too? Yeah, absolutely. I absolutely do. And and again, I, I like, I thought my story was unique at the time of playing sports, getting injured, and then 
that kind of, you know, appreciating what happened and then going into that, those routes and those, in those ways. But that was kind of my way of knowing that my five foot five frame can't be a professional athlete. You know, I, I realized my limitations as well. It's another big thing for professionals to, to acknowledge is that, yeah, we're not great at everything and, and know your limits. Um, but that, that was my way of being, you know, sticking with athletes and because I love the athletic drive and the mindset that these guys have. I mean, we'll, we'll get into that a little further, but to all our listeners out there, I've personally worked with Bell here in relates to, we work out together. We have done some physical therapy with me and I could tell that the passion that you have for it, even the science, which most of the time it reaches my knowledge in science. Cause I'm like, dude, I mean, you're talking completely in a different side of the spectrum. I could tell that the passion is there and that every time you've worked on me and you've explained things to me, it's completely, I thought I was a peeler, Boyer. This guy <laughs> is just, every tissue is getting explained to me. I, I get overwhelmed sometimes, but it was really good because I can see the passion, right? So that's what I have, the background. Boyer, do you have any other questions on that? Yeah, I just wanted to kind of speak to, I, I actually really, the more I listened to you talk, I was relating to a lot of your upbringing because my dad, he didn't work in like building homes, but him and my mom built the home that I grew up in. And he was in different utility service jobs and, you know, physical manual labor for a while. And then my mom was a registered respiratory therapist. So very similar. The one thing we don't have in common is I didn't play football, but swapped that out for ice hockey and you got a deal. But no, I really like how you, you know, pulled a lot of your drive and work ethic from both of them because I totally relate to that growing up. So I was just listening to you share that. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of like, you know, putting the pieces together too, where all this comes from. But I wanted to just kind of ask a little bit because I've never, I've been very fortunate. I've never torn like my ACL or something like that, but I know a lot of athletes have. When that happens, you, you said it was in high school. What, what year of high school was that in? It was actually, it was like the second to last game of my, uh, of my senior year uh, playing so football. What goes through your head when that happens? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it's without getting too into like the medical side of it, but there's, there's a couple of different ways you can tear the ACL. And when you kind of tear everything completely, including the nerve fibers, you really don't feel much of anything. Your, your knee just kind of feels a little full with fluid. And that's kind of where I was. And, uh, you know, at the time we had an athletic trainer who just kind of, you know, just kind of wrapped some, you know, any strap on there and said, kind of get back out there type of thing. So I actually finished the game, which not not a credit to yeah. me, but uh, <laughs> probably, you know, stupidity looking back, really. Um, and then, you know, I was like, ah, something doesn't feel right. So we got it checked out and we were thinking something small. And he, you know, came back with, oh, your, your ACL's torn. And I'm like, you know, you know, the whole world's crashing down because, of course, everything that happens in high school is like the biggest moment in your life. And, it, you know, the biggest moment that it'll ever be at the time, you know. But again, I, I think about what, hap- what would happen if I didn't do that. You know, I, where would I be today? I, I, I don't think I'd be in the same position I'd be today at all. Mm. You know, so it's, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that it happened because, uh, you know, as much as I wish I, you know, because they did cut out my senior year playing baseball, um, which I thought, you know, was one of the biggest parts that hurt. Um, because at the time, you know, they, they kind of based it on the, dis- the amount of discomfort I was in. And I really wasn't in too much pain. So they kind of put the surgery off. If the injury happened in November, I don't think I had the surgery until March, which was really frustrating. Um, and looking back, that's something where you know, I tell everybody now, be your biggest advocate as a patient. I wish I had mm-hmm. done the same thing because not that I would have made my baseball season necessarily, but I would have had a shot. And what we ended up doing did not leave the opportunity for me at all. Definitely. No, thank you for 
sharing that. And I, you hit on something I thought you might like in high school, any like major injury. I've had plenty of friends who I honestly know would have gone pro even in hockey, had they not injured specific things that are almost unrecoverable from. So no, I just wanted to get your perspective on that, but, but Fitz, I'll, I'll pass it back to you. I know you got more questions. No, no, no. I'm glad that you touched base on that Boyer because that was my next question, but I know that like, it's, it's funny how we both kind of in the same frequency, but I was going to say that, do you think that let, let's talk about the injury for a little bit here. Do you think that kind of sparks on what made you wanted to be a, a physical therapist? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I appreciated the the whole role that they, they had in getting me better and, and get me back to sports and everything like that. And, um, you know, a hundred percent, that was, uh, that was really what sparked my interest in kind of becoming an athletic trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, the, you know, the athletic training role is, is very different from the physical therapist, even though sometimes they're used interchangeably. Um, but obviously the athletic trainer is more on the field, more on the ice, uh, more there for these, these injuries that happen and acute injuries on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes could be anything from concussion management to injury on the field. Um, so it's, uh, you know, just how I wanted to stay with sports mm-hmm. and, and stay involved. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how, an injury like that could literally change your perspective because with me, when I got injured, my shoulder, which you're working on Bell, <laughs> And also with my car accident with my neck, it's almost like now everybody that has a cervical issue that comes to me, uh, I'm super careful. And then, you know, it kind of just more spark of your passion of you wanted them to make them feel better, you know, like you could do everything that you can and explain everything you can to make this individual feel better. So it's amazing how, how that works you yeah. know, in, in, in the fitness and trainer and perspective, you know, shifting gear here a little bit, you know, I wanted to touch base on the sports life with you, you know, and with athletes, because what really got me is like, I wanted to, if you could walk us through how that life was. And I, I know about it because we're, we're good friends, but to our listeners out there, how it's like living, how you felt living that life, you know, good and bad, of course, but I wanted to really just maybe just like what we've done in the beginning, we could have an overview, but then uh, I'll peel it up. (laughs) Boy, you're smiling because it's like, yeah, I mean, I I could go on for days here. And uh, the biggest thing, you know, it's always like uh, first, first rule when you get in there is, Everything that stays inside these walls stays in, in, inside the walls. It doesn't leave. Nothing goes on social media. We've I've seen interns come in for day one and leave day three because they put up something mm-hmm. on social media. And and so that's just me prefacing with you know what I what I hear in there, what I see in there. I kind of block from my memory. So mm-hmm. we I might even as as I start talking, I might start remembering things. But yeah, you know the truth is it's it's to to survive in that that setting, you really need to push things out that you see and just kind of forget about them. Cause some of the things that, you know, you tell, you know, I tell my wife or somebody just sounds so ridiculous. Like I'm, I'm, as I'm saying it, I feel like I'm making up the stories because that's just the different characters you meet. And it's, it's amazing because they're, they're awesome people. And um, you know, number one, it's, it's amazing and humbling that, that to work with this population um, because they trust their career in me. Um, you get to know these guys that in ways where their families and children don't even know them. You know, mm-hmm. you think about your, your work, the work people, you know, and, and, you know, your family you have at home, but they don't, you know, we, when we end up spending 
uh, you know, 5 a.m. to 6 p.m. with these guys, you learn so much more about them than even their family get gets to know. Um, you learn about what motivates them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's the biggest thing. And again, adds to me and why I'm able to connect with these these people because and a lot of these guys, they don't they don't go to college for education. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they go to they go to excel in sports and get to the next level. You know, a lot of these guys, they don't have a plan B. You know, mm-hmm. they don't have somewhere to fall back on. So it's it's motivation for them is that they they have no other way to feed their families and put food on the table. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what drives them. Um, and you know, you working with these populations, sometimes you see the desperation and, and how they will do anything to get good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's definitely one of the most demanding settings to be working in. Everybody expects perfection from the coaches to the front office, to, you know, the rest of the staff and uh, players, especially, um, you know, I I've been chewed out plenty of times in my career for doing what I thought was right. Um, you know, I can think of one moment in particular where, you know, you can imagine, the facility where it's a, a giant lunchroom was probably about 75 to 80 people mm-hmm. in there. And, you know, a certain coach has a, a certain, certain thing he wants to uh, bring up and it's right there in front of every single person there. And he is yelling and screaming at me in front of these people. And there's nothing I can do, but sit there and take it. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, you talk about the good with the bad, you just, you take it, you move on, you know, you, you kind of put it in the back of the head and just try not to dwell on it. You know, while you're, talking, I could feel the adrenaline around this whole event that happens, right? I feel that similar a little bit with fitness in a much larger scale, because, you know, when you're in the side of things, the adrenaline is is so high that you almost has to match their drive. Would you say that happened to you? And what made you, that made you kind of stay doing this career? Because it's almost like their drive almost like you have to match them with that. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, you, you, you know, you've, you know, you, you always see that, that, that standard phrase of, you know, find a line of work that you enjoy and you'll never work a day in your life. Sure. That's how it was for me. I mean, it's, you know, you put all that bad stuff aside and I, I just, I loved it. You know, all that bad stuff included, you know, the, the long days getting yelled at, like that's, that's just the football culture. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, everybody kind of pushed each other to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they pushed me to, to know my stuff in and out. That's when, you know, I would, I would use myself as a test dummy with sure. if certain guys had certain injuries that I could not figure out, I would spend the next week mm-hmm. targeting my own workouts to try to figure out sure. what would help them the best. I had to have a lot of questions about nutrition. So, you know, this pushed me to, I, 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 I value I mean, you know, people to do something nutrition wise, it's because I've tried every diet out there. I started out going vegan. I went vegetarian, you know, uh, on paper, my, my blood work actually looked amazing, but I felt like complete garbage, (laughs) you know, and that's, I mean, what I'll say is obviously a Mm. different diet works for everybody, but you know, because of that, I, you know, I started, you know, I felt like I needed to drink more coffee. I needed to take more naps. Um, So I started adding different things to my diet and I saw firsthand how adding fish, adding, adding red meat, uh, going low carbohydrate, high fat, just how it impacts everybody differently. Um, so at least that way I could make, you know, an educated decision to these, these players who are using my word as gold for their career. Um, and just that kind of thing, you know, really helped push me to stay in that, that, uh, that setting, mm-hmm. you know, um, we talk about dry needling because uh, without, you know, without violating too many HIPAA rules, you know, certain present company included, yeah. um, you know, when I would be needling these guys, um, 
I would, I would use myself as an example, like, okay, if their knee hurts, what can I needle on myself? I would go home at night and I would be needling myself. We put in, you know, between 20 to 30 to 40 needles in myself to see what made me feel good and what would really help them the most. Mm -hmm. And that's really what drove me. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. Perfection is the right word, but Mm -hmm. um, really trying to help out because it, when the team wins, you win. And, and, you know, winning the Super Bowl, Baltimore Ravens was, was amazing. Um, it was one of the greatest feelings in the world, but you know, how you get there is, is the whole other thing. You know, you see, everybody sees what's on TV, but the behind the scenes is really what brought me to, you know, do my best to, you know, push myself. Yeah. I mean, while you're talking about it, it's like, we're, we're under the hood, right? Like we're, we're seeing the real deal. Um, Blair, do you have anything else that you wanted to share? No, I'm just, I'm I'm really listening and taking it all in because I'm trying to like, imagine being in like in the locker room with all these people that everyone else is seeing on TV and they may get a glimpse of you, you know, like you know, sidelines or whatever and and how that is. But I'm I'm kind of curious, did you ever, I guess, get into situations where um, not like positive or negative, but just like any ones that were like in the limelight a little I'm bit, little or did you bit, have did those you have? interviews or um potential like media interactions or did you kind of stay out of that area? I mean, I made a point to stay out of any sort of cameras. We'd have, you know, we'd have plenty of people asking us questions and it was just a typical no comment. And, you know, especially when, you know, as an intern with, with the Miami Dolphins and I happened to be there, you know, the year Nick Saban, he, he left and went to Alabama. So, I mean, that was, you couldn't get out of the parking lot without being bombarded with reporters. It didn't matter who you were. They just wanted to comment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of prided myself on staying away from any sort of microphone, but, you know, look at me today, you know, so it's it, things that, you know, times have changed a little bit, but um, yeah, that's awesome. No, yeah, I, I, I caught that joke. <laughs> I don't know if you got it, Fitzy. <laughs> we finally got, we finally got some comments from Sam Bell. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's definitely eye opening, I would say Boyer, right. That's very, the right word. And very valuable too, because a lot of times, we're just seeing what's out there and how they perform. For me, the, the real person really to thank for are persons like you, Bill, that actually work with these guys completely like 24-7, you know? Would you say that, because you're you're with them pretty much 24-7, you yeah, know? So call, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I know the stories when we talk about it on how busy you get. I think this would be a good segue because I know that you've shifted from working with the Ravens and then with Houston Astros after that whole scenario. What I wanted to know is, or for our listeners out there, what prompted the change of actually switching from this completely, I won't say different life, but different category of your career, because you're still doing your physical therapy. You're still doing a phenomenal job to it. You know, I could attest to that. It's just a matter of what prompted that switch from this huge glamorous life that people could think of as okay mr bell made it right and then what made you leave houston astros and actually come to california and work for uh private sector so smaller private sector yeah yeah you know initially you know got, got that question a lot leaving baltimore and it was it was a combination of a lot of things you know they you know got to backtrack a little bit to really fully answer yeah. the question but yeah. you know the days are long in football Training camp is about 21 days straight without a break. And those days were going about 5 a.m. to, 
training camp usually goes to about eight 30 to nine o'clock at night, depending on what kind of mood the coach is. In. And mm-hmm. that's the honest answer. Um, so that was 21 days straight and that would lead right into the season. And the season days were a little bit shorter, um, probably five 30 AM to about six 30, give or take a little bit. Um, and you know, you say you do that seven days a week, that includes weekends, obviously. So sure. it's, it's pretty much from July to however far you go and in, in hopefully January and February, you're doing that same schedule. And uh, pretty quickly after that, you're looking at April starting up with practices and gradually building up to a mini camp at the, uh, you know, June, July or, you know, kind of that segment. Um, so it, it's really busy. And, you know, obviously, you know, I got married in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of from, from then on, like, obviously, you know, I still, I still valued the work, but it's also, I started to kind of see the benefits of being with my wife a lot. Um, mm-hmm. but we still, you know, I still loved it enough. She, she moved to Baltimore, um, about then. And we actually really enjoyed Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. um, but then she, you know, she was playing intramural soccer. Um, and in being in a city league, the game didn't actually start till about 1115 at night. So, wow. I, you see where I'm going here because it's obviously you're just opening the door for injuries. Um, and she's a little five foot, nothing frame, uh, hell of a soccer player though. I, I love watching her play because she'd run all around the guys and you'd end up seeing, these guys doing all these penalties, like holding on her shirt, like trying to push her down and she would still get by them. She was a hell of a winger. And it happened to be in February when I was at the NFL combine, which takes place in Indianapolis. She was, she happened to be playing uh, that night that I was there and she had got a, a rebound from, I think it was off the post and she went to kick it in. And uh, I think it was a goalie. It was about six feet tall. Just came in. And when she was mm-hmm. planning, took out her left knee. Um, so it's an actual knee dislocation, not just like a patella dislocation where sure. go ahead and put it back in place type of thing. But this is one where, you, you know, the worst case scenario is you're actually worrying about uh, leg amputation because of the vascular com- you know, complications. Wow. So I'm, I'm hearing about all this from a hotel in Indianapolis. So you can imagine where my head's going. So kind of from then on, she actually she actually needed three surgeries. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's kind of a rough, a rough go because, he, you know, she couldn't, you know, she, she couldn't leave the house. I was her only real mode of communication and I would be gone from 5 a.m. to 6.30 p.m., whatever the hours were. So when I get home, I'd be exhausted from giving, giving those guys everything I had. And then I got home and, you know, this is nothing against my wife, but she just she wanted to talk and we had to do a rehab. Mm-hmm. And it led to um, us getting in more fights than anything just because sure. we were both exhausted. Um, she was not in a very good physically, you know, physically able position. Um, she couldn't even get up and walk. Mm-hmm. Um, she tore four ligaments and, you know, it was, it was a pretty serious issue. Um, so, you know, kind of from then on, it kind of, I don't remember exactly what year that was, mm-hmm. but that was probably about a year before we ended up making the decision to leave, but it just made things very stressful on our end. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got to, I think it was about, I think it was 2018. So I'd been with the Ravens for six years at that point. And it was just kind of going forward is either I had to make the decision, either it was, it was to stay married or stay married to the Ravens. Sure. And so at that point we had made the decision to move on and it was, it was a very tough decision. Um, and that was when we said, my, you know, my wife's sister lives in California. Let's, let's just go there. We'd never do it, you know, in, in a million years, but we have the opportunity now we're young enough. Um, let's do it. So mm-hmm. we did the road trip out to California, you know, ended up staying there for eight months, which is when I met you, obviously. <laughs> Um, I'm always in the right time, the right place, buddy. (laughs) Uh, And and we, we had no intentions of leaving. I had no intentions of getting back into professional sports at that time. Um, But we were just decided to live our lives. And um, we actually ended up getting pregnant, which was, which was great. Um, It was planned. It was, you know, it was amazing. Um, And like I tell people, it's one of the best things I've ever done in my life. Um, But at that point, our priorities shifted again. You know, what, 
I was working kind of part-time and enjoying life. My wife was the one who was really working her tail off. And, you know, about that five month pregnancy mark, she was having a tough time working. And mm-hmm. I had actually turned down a job with, with the Houston Astros, I think uh, three times already. And he actually called back and I said, you know, we're actually going to consider it this time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so, so that led to getting into the professional sports again. And then uh, two years down the road um, with, with COVID, um, that kind of changed everything as well. Um, in baseball, just to keep, keep the conversation short, in baseball, you had basically your, your main, main area of playing. So like you had Houston, which was the main site, and then it had an alternate training site which was in Corpus Christi, which I know, I know Boyer, you know, that area well, Mm -hmm. uh, just being from Texas, but um, they, you know, they had me down at the alternate training site for, I think I was there for 45 days last year without my family. And that, that hit hard. I know as far as, um, and it's not like, you know, we were in the hotel, we, we couldn't leave because we're, you know, they were, they were finding people, they were sending people home for who who were violating these rules. And we had to isolate when we were done at the, at the ballpark for the day. So, you know, I was doing everything. We were all doing everything we could to keep the season going because it was barely hanging on last year. Um, I still think it's a miracle that they made it through. And I think baseball, you know, hats off to them because they did a great job of pulling it off. Um, so at the end of the year, I figured they had a full year to to figure out what to do. And then it hit and then they, you know, hit me with the news. Hey, you're going to be going back to the alternate training site yep. for the entire season in 2021. And, you know, I told them straight up, I, I you know, it's, I'm either going to end up a married man or I'm going to end up a Houston Astro. It's not going to be both. And you know, I told him I just couldn't do it. It was kind of an awkward silence. It was where I was like, I was thinking to myself, this is the time to say, hey, we'll do whatever we wanted, whatever we can do to keep you aboard. Nothing ever came. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we made a difficult decision to move back out to California. But, you know, I think it was the right decision. Sorry if that was a long winded explanation of, of how I got here. But, uh, you know, it's really no short way of, of saying that. I'm enjoying it, Blair. I don't know about you. I'm, yeah, I'm fascinated by this story. This is like a, a movie through words in action right before us. This is awesome. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I didn't realize the, I had my timeline messed up. I didn't realize you were still working even up through that initial part of, you know, COVID and everything. That's really, that's got to have been crazy. Cause I mean, you know, each sport went through its own version of dealing and handling it, but I can only imagine like, that's like actual next level quarantine and isolation. You know what yeah, I mean? It was brutal. I mean, we were, we were getting tested every other day. Um, you know, just so much isolation, so much, uh, you know, PPE, just our, our personal barriers and and trying to keep, I mean, it's impossible, you know, the locker room, just how tight you get with people. Mm-hmm. But at the whole time we're, we're trying to, we're the ones who are responsible for maintaining social distance rules, which, you know, it's, it's just something difficult to, to pull off. And that's why I think you saw some teams not do great at it last year. Um, and again, um, you know, our head guy with the Astros did a tremendous job of kind of leading the charge and setting a good example for everybody else to follow. Um, that's, I think, one of the reasons why, you know, we were able to do get through the season without with minimal issues regarding uh, the coronavirus. Yeah, I mean... Let's add on to you had Sammy then too, you know, you're <laughs> yeah, one. That, was, that was a whole nother, that was, uh, you know, 2019. So my first year with the Astros, um, he was born in May, which was right in the middle of the season. I got, I got my one day of paternity leave. So mm-hmm. right after, uh, right after birth, I had one day off and then it was right back to, to getting after it. So let me make this clear. You were only with your wife one day during the, the pregnancy when she get. <laughs> Amanda, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> he, yep. he said she was a, a badass woman already. So, but that is the deal. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another proof. So, shout out, Amanda, to you. Yeah. All right, guys. That was our first part with Mr. Sam Bell. 
We're going to do this in two parts because we want to make sure that we don't just scratch the surface. We actually go in depth. I swear, I need to have a t-shirt that says peeler. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sam, do you have anything else before we close this out? No, to your point exactly. I feel like we literally have just scratched the surface. So um, really looking forward to separating this out and make it palatable for people because I know they're going to want to listen to both. So thank you, Absolutely. Sam, for this part one. And, and it's all handed back to you. Yep. So just a quick contact information for us, you guys. Um, you guys could contact us at alohafitsam at gmail.com and all the social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, TikTok, TikTok, Twitter, <laughs> and also respectively on LinkedIn under Fistasanto and Mr. Sam Boyer. I'll close this out by saying that every small victory is worth, worth to be grateful for. We'll see you guys soon. Look out for part two. Take care.